What's really good with you guys? I'm Johan Francis, and this right here is Ego Killer. Thanks for joining me on another episode where we try to peel back yet another layer of the human psyche in hopes that we can find the treasure within, share consciousness, and only appreciate what's shared amongst each other, forgetting that differences matter at all. Every episode, we do it, and we go forward spreading the word. Thanks for joining me right there. I'm going to hopefully try to inspire you guys, your spirit of rebellion, and taking a second look at conformity as it exists, all right? So I want everybody to explore, I guess, their inner rebel. It's really sexy, right? It's really easy to think of ourselves as rebellious. Conformity is all around us, right? The cars that we choose to drive in, we look over and we see the same cars. Conformity. The workouts that we choose to follow inside of the gym. Conformity. The trends that take off, while they do seem that they're spawned by a measure of uniqueness and creativity, often start to get replicated and bitten, right? All those biters, if I may borrow a colloquialism from the 90s, start to take over. And what was once seen as totally unique becomes quotidian, you know, easily formulaic and replicated to the point where even the newest workout seems quite trite at end of day. That's where I need you guys to pump the brakes, look at yourself, and act on a rebellious spirit maybe that you didn't even know you had. I'm talking about that rebel yell. I'm talking about that put that hand in the air, bear down, and take an introspective look really the workouts and lifestyle that you lead, opting instead for creativity, opting instead for self-awareness. So what is the act of conformity? And I do want to mention that conformity isn't this wholly bad thing. Conformity is really the byproduct of societal mores and norms that keep us kind of safe, right? They keep us safe. The ego keeps us safe, right? Even when we don't want the ego to keep us safe, there's the ego, right? Showing up like an overprotective father at the beginning of prom night, taking too many Polaroid pictures, right? That's conformity and ego doing a bit too much to keep us all in line, suckling at the soma of a teat (laughs) that is really not helping us grow. And this is the danger of conformity. So what is conformity? It's the tendency of individuals to adjust their thoughts and mainly what we're talking about on this ego killer behaviors to the expectations of society, right? This could be body image, really pernicious. It could be in terms of workouts, types of workouts, types of eating, convenience eating, right? The bane of weight loss, the bane of growth inside of nutrition, Practices, beliefs, and appearance standards that make us easily acceptable and digestible socially and otherwise. That's what we talk about when we're talking about that conformity. Does any of that sound sexy to you? We're more than just sex-driven creatures. Flesh vessels, right? And so it doesn't always have to be about what drives us, our most guttural amygdala-driven emotions, what gets us through the day. In fact, if it was, we would all have a really hard time getting through the day. 
Some of you are already on that. No, no, no. It has to be about a little bit more than that. And that's where the idea of conformity kind of becomes um, like tolerable, right? For me, I've always considered myself to be... So I've grown up in a way where conformity was kind of idealized. And the younger generation in my family was like the complete opposite of that. And so rebellious streaks in my own life, right? Maybe my peer group coming up. It was always about that. And, you know, just growing up the way I grew up, you know, I look around, there's not a lot of black folks in the areas that I grew up, you know, aside from my family or family gatherings and the like. I always thought of myself as having to be a free thinker in certain ways, not to the ends where it's wholly destructible. I mean, I was always able to be on teams and things like that, which is very important to conform in short orders. But it's also important because, again, conformity is good. Right? Conformity is good. Uh, cohesion amongst your team, very important. Very important, especially when you have a good leader involved. Conformity is good. Having a uniform. Having a uniform is cool. When I walk up and I'm trying to buy a smoothie, right? I want to go to the smoothie shop right there. I'm trying to pull up and get that that smoothie with the with the uh, peanut butter and the and the banana chunks right there, right? All that protein, just get that protein into my stomach right away. I need to know who's working. So the uniforms have to matter. That's conformity too. Right? The ego loves this. Predictability, cultural identity, social order. These are all ideas that are upheld by conformity. Now, I want you guys go ahead and comment. Comment on any of the YouTubes. Comment right here on this Spotify or this Podbean where you can find this podcast, Ego Kill. I need you guys to do that. Go ahead and do that. Let me know. Like, are you, are you, what side of conformity on the over under? Hella or not very conformed are you? Are you constantly, are you like a contrarian? Right? Right? Are you contrarian? Are you like Joe Rogan? Like, if someone says blue, you say what's the opposite of blue? Red? You know, no matter what goes down. And so it's, you're trying to be enlightened, right? Or are you someone that is very much about not rocking the boat? If you are, so let's just say this. If you are someone that is really not into rocking the boat, oh, I'm down with you. We're cool. This is great. This is not a bad thing at all. Because what I hope to do by the end of today, of the episode today, is I want to inspire in you a sense of rebellion so that you can think creatively. If you're already feeling like conformity is your move, well, then there is a whole rebel streak within you that we can maybe uh, animate. Now, if you're out here rebelling against everything, right, and you're someone that is really high on the creative openness scale, well, that's good, too, right? That's good, too, because overconformity can be really destructive, all right? Limiting personal growth, not being creative, falling asleep at the wheel, autopilot, right, when you're teaching, autopilot. When you're training in the gym, right, you always like to hug up against your favorite treadmill. There it is, rusty, trusty, number 16. Number 16 right there. There it goes. Oh, 16's taken. Oh, 17. There we go. 
dare not do I ever do, you know, the elliptical. Dare not do I ever do, you know what I mean, the stepper or whatever. I got to stick with old Rusty Trusty. Number 16, treadmill. That's a sense of conformity that's instilled within us. Comment, what number are you? Are you over or under really conformed or conformed? All right, let me know. We want to always encourage individuality. All right, we want to encourage individuality, not just inside the gym, but outside. And finding a balance is super key. It's key to foster diversity. It's key to remember that diversity of thought, right, is actually what keeps us together. Diversity of thought keeps us together because we get to remember against that diversity what what makes us all whole. Echo chambers are bad. I think I must admit, I used to train um, Juliana, and in her own way, Juliana was pretty L7 with hers, if I'm going to be honest about what it really was with Juliana. Juliana is one of the coolest people that I have ever met. We trained. She was in her 40s, and I was in my 20s when we first met. Ended up training her for a good eight years or so or more. Um, Really closely trained with her a lot of week. Uh, Juliana was a really heavy set lady. She was, you know, uh, heavy set, you know, maybe average build, uh, tan skin, really, really, really kind soul. Um, uh, she was a mother and just a dope person all around. And I could not think of anyone off the top of my head over the years that I have worked with on a one on one basis that was more L7 with hers. Not in a bad way either. But you could not ask this woman. She, look, when everyone was out here marching right around the pandemic, she was definitely on the couch. Staying safe. Which is which is a move. Okay? Which is a move. In any event, she, just this, this, this great, you know, this great, charming, you know, charismatic person. She was cool with everybody in the gym all the years. Um, she was real heavy. Real heavy. We had determined a long time ago that what it was with her was something glandular. So it wasn't like she could be over here doing the most, going on these crazy diets, and then losing all this weight. It was something a little bit more genetic and glandular with her, right? She stopped giving a crap about her size soon after. Because at the end of the day, Juliana worked out a lot. She worked out a lot. And within a few years of training with me, training on her own, going out walking and running, she had developed what you might call an hourglass figure. A definitively and quantitatively and qualitatively feminine, idealistic feminine body image, positive feature. She looked like an hourglass. She looked like a Coke bottle. Now, was she over and real high on that BMI scale? Probably Did she have a disproportionate amount of muscle for most older women by the time I left her um, service? Older women? Yeah. But you know what? She actually decided along the way that she wasn't trying to be out here losing um, the 40 pounds that she wanted to, that she first told me that she wanted to lose. At some point, it clicked within her head. You know what? As L7 as I am, I'm sure she didn't think this, but as L7 as she might have been, She really 
did not care at the end of the day of conforming within body image. I wish that that was a pervasive thought for a lot of women. Conformity, right? For your sister, your auntie, for your mom, especially if she's younger, has everything to do with being a body type. And what really is that body type, right? What is that body type? What is the ideal body type in our society? We already know what it is. In fact, it might be something that you're already thinking. You're thinking of a fair, complected person. You're thinking of a straight hair person. You're thinking of someone that is about a, you know what I mean, 15 on the BMI, right? Nowadays, that standard is shifting towards being more lean. For women, I'm talking about, right? These things are all the same, all right? And, And it's always been, it's always been, kind of a contentious thing when you think about the needs of the average woman versus the ideal body types woman it's a contentious thing because and the biggest problem is men don't get that same type of smoke we're not pressed as men to live up to a certain type of body image every now and again again liver king will show up liver king will show up with you know, with man boobs of muscle, just jacked, right? And all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? The somewhat prototypical body image for men will be contested, possibly, and then quickly forgotten, like a fart in the wind. But this is an omnipresent experience for most women and conformity conformity mandates that that's the case it mandates for that's the case so my friend who is a bit of an l7 mostly conservative type thinker conservative type dresser conservative type woman right very wholesome as a person wholesome with a bit of an edge well, that itch came out from time to time. And definitely when she said, nah, forget it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and look and feel the way that I need to feel without having to think about myself being 135 pounds soaking wet. And I think that's a positive thing. We have gone so much in the other direction in this day and age where we feel like body image has to be upheld no matter what. I don't think that's the case either. I'm willing to embrace diversity. I'm, we need to. That's part of being nonconformist. Being nonconformist, to embrace diversity, embrace diverse body image types, very important because diverse body image types says that you're really, really uh, traditionally heavy looking, but you're still beautiful. Very important, right? Very important. All right, so how do we get past it? Let's get past it. Let's figure out a way to embrace the inner rebellious spirit within each of us. One that can really have... Be the vessel and the container for unique self-expression and doesn't inhibit or limit freedom of expression um, and creativeness. We can, well, if we're thinking about like workouts, we can think about the nature of what uh, workouts are kind of canned, right? I know for me, like always being a part of an indie gym has helped me at least 
help others steer away and hopefully you guys steer away from uh, conformist workouts. There are plenty of facilities. I'm not going to drop any names. I don't need that pressure. I don't need that, 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 you know, I don't need to be pressed by, by any conformism at all, by conformist ideals. I don't need anyone dressed in a, in a, in a red, white, and blue uniform to come knocking on my gated back door, you know, looking for some type of, uh, exoneration. No, 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 no. Instead, I can just say that, yes, there are plenty of gyms around that really, really stress conformity, both in the way that you act within the gym walls and also the type of, I mean, right up until the logo, right? Right to the logo where the logo is very clean, polished, and very much speaks to the idea that, like, we act this way. We act very conformist. Our workouts are very, like, predictable. I don't think it's most gyms, but there are definitely a lot of fitness facilities out there, especially these days, especially in this area, that are franchised that are very in, – in, in your area too if you live in a bigger city – that are very like canned and they're meant to be that way. I don't know that conformism is a good thing. I think about some of the most prolific styles of fitness, even if those styles aren't necessarily just about fitness – if I think about something like yoga, they have tried to really brand yoga in popular mainstream America. But at the same time, it is still yoga. And every teacher that teaches, and I'm using yoga as an example, ain't teaching the same type of yoga. Ain't doing the same flow every day. The instructors are skilled. And because they're skilled, they get to dive deep within their own bag and pull out Right, pull out the the freshness of a workout or flow that changes with their mood and instinct on a daily basis. All right, so it can never be canned, even if it is branded. But there are literal workouts and instructors who are taught to do the same type of thing day in and day out. That I couldn't think of anything more that would stifle physical growth than that. Training to just do push-ups gets you really good at doing push-ups. And unless you're being sponsored in the National Push-Up B, you're never going to really have to use that skill. Is it going to get your upper body really strong? Yes, but there is a risk-reward. You're getting your upper body, for example, really tight also. A dissatisfying, or excuse me, diversifying workout routines enhances fitness, avoids plateaus, and mainly burnout. We got to challenge body norms, right? Challenge them. Positive body image contributes to long-term adherence to physical activity. Real talk. Real talk. Diverse body types are cool. We talk about dark-skinned folks. We talk about kinky hair we talk about different figures you know nowadays more than ever we're seeing heightened prevalences of body enhancements people were arguing about whether or not liver king's abs (laughs) were real because there is so much body enhancement going around some new some old Outside the gym, right? 
keeping an entrepreneurial spirit. I think no matter what generation we live in, we think about entrepreneurship as being super valued and underscored by the sentiment of what America is supposed to be. We need you starting businesses. We need you fostering new ideas. The resourcefulness and creativity of many a nation, right, of America, right, depends on you being smart enough, being crafty enough to do your job really, really well or to start your own, not necessarily just a business, but start your own grind. Has a, have a positive spin on it. Embrace individuality in that aspect. Traditional job roles are always going to be needed, but I think now more than ever, we can subscribe to the idea that a side gig, not necessarily a side hustle, I really disp- I hate that term, but a side gig is advantageous. You could you could be you could be really good. You could be really good at latch hooking, tell nobody, and make bread doing that, selling that on Etsy or something like that. You could be really good at being a handyman or handywoman, right? And sell your services on Angie's List. All of these things matter. Promoting inclusivity, right? That ESG scale that all these corporations try to go after so that we could tip the balance, tip the scales back to balance where there's much of them as there are us being positively represented within the diaspora of a work setting, a work demographic, is the zeitgeist of social corporate kind of mixture and admixture today. And it's not a bad thing. We might go a little bit too far sometimes. I'm not going to go ahead and stump on that, die on that hill. But I will say inclusivity. The order of the day, having diverse social circles, with different ideas, because we always need to remember, right? Our differences matter far less than what's the same, right? So what else? We want to talk about advocating for social, social change, right? We want to talk about being accepting and looking out for other people who have a different lifestyle preference, right? Looking out for those folks. Tamping out discriminatory practices. One of the things that we always want to be maintained, I've said it, when we start thinking about oppression, oppression is really the beginning of oppression has everything to do with like being told you can't express yourself. Oppression starts when someone is told they cannot express themselves properly. People accept that and then, you know, fast forward, they're now oppressed. One of the ways to always be active in expressing yourself, think critically. Thinking critically enhances problem solving and decision making. Makes you a rebellious spirit. Right? Makes it harder for you guys to accept poor habits. Encouraging calculated risk-taking. Alright? Stepping out of your comfort zone. Take more risks in general in life. 
You know what I mean? It's important that you guys do that. It's important that you guys take risks more and more often. So, I mean, at the end of the day, conformity, to me, should be etched up in the tomes of the most cursed and potentially banished words, right? There's that list of curse words that, like, your teacher is going to bust you for when you're a kid. You know what I mean? And conformity always in my adult mind is one of those words because there's never been a context where the idea of conformity has been used positively. It's always we're going to call call the herd and start the slaughter. That's the idea of conformity to me. Conformity is a way to marginalize in a lot of the ways. Rejecting it or better yet adopting Better ideas helps us physically and within our work life. So let's be in that space, knowing that conformity in terms of diets is really pernicious to people. When was the last time you heard of a very good canned diet? Right? When was the last time you heard of a diet that was really smart, healthy, sustainable? And you could just copy it person to person. If that's the case, a lot of nutritionists would be out of work. A lot of dietitians be out of work, right? Because this is an individual thing. You need to sit down with people. You guys need to sit down with coaches and think about what you're eating. Our ego loves it. Diet industries, for example, feed on that. We like to be fed on the idea that what we are doing is easy. Safety feeds into our ego. Ego gets placated by the sense of not being anxious. And guess what? We stay in comfort zones. We stop thinking about what we need to eat when we can just follow some lame, weak, lazy diet or workout. Think freely, my friends, right, about things like that. Keep that critical thinking really active. Be free of dismal body image constraints. The idea of convenience in eating is one of the most canned kind of diets that we have. I want you guys to think about convenience as being the number one way that you could shake a poor diet loose. A way that conformity in eating and nutrition has limited you. And activate that streak of rebelliousness that says, yo, comfort and convenience isn't my best friend when I'm trying to lose 30 pounds. Is not necessarily my best friend when I'm trying to get yoked. Yeah, repetition is important. Repetition, though, has to be based on a set of ideals. You need to have a menu of choices, of foods to eat, then adopt repetition. But we're not even thinking about it, which apps of the day make it really easy to do. For example, then we're not really thriving, not in that regard. Thrive. Think about what you're going to eat, right? Be entrepreneurial. If you're not making money, how are you fostering a skill? Foster that. I want to encourage that. 
Let me know in the comments what type of canned workout or diet you've fallen into into the past. Let me know what it is, especially here at the end of the show. And until the next one, you guys, stay all the way up. Thanks for listening.